Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance and part two of his message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, the marriage supper of the Lamb. When the church sings hallelujah to the fall of Babylon, it's saying the corrupting influence has finally been dealt with. The lies have finally been dealt with. The blood that has been spilled has been avenged. Hallelujah. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Romans 12, 19, I will repay. Don't take matters into your own hands, loosely translated, God says, because vengeance belongs to me. I will avenge. Vengeance is not bad. Distorted vengeance is bad. Vengeance that goes too far is bad. But God's vengeance is just and true. So when someone gets what they deserve, and look, mercy and grace, we all revel in it. But if someone fights God all the way to the grave and they get what they deserve, It's going to be just and true in God's sight. A couple of Psalms. Turn over to Psalm 146. These are what we'd call hallelujah Psalms. They're at the end of the Psalter. The Psalter is the book of Psalms. It's just a word to capture all 150 Psalms. The Psalter. Uh, You might live with a person that you'd call the Psalter. Maybe they put salt on everything, but The way, the way you could talk about these psalms is that they all begin and end with hallelujah. They all begin with, begin and end with, praise the Lord. Take a look. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm just going to show you a few highlights. Psalm 146, opening verse. What's it say? Praise the Lord. Look at the last verse. What's it say? Praise the Lord. That's another way to say hallelujah. 147, praise the Lord. It is good to sing praises to our God. It is pleasant, and praise is becoming. Praise is good. Praise is healthy. Go to the end of 147. It says, He has not dealt thus with any nation, and as for his ordinances, they have not known them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, highest heavens. The waters that are above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. Ooh, that's power. Amen? Praise is good. There's, I was reading uh, Henry Morris. He's got a commentary on Revelation. He was saying that Psalms 146 through 150 may depict what's going on in heaven in heaven in Revelation 19. Just an interesting thought. Maybe they parallel each other. Look at the end of Psalm 148. It ends with, praise the Lord. Psalm 149 opens with, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Skip down to verse uh, 6. Let the high praises of God, 149.6, be in their mouth. 
a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. Can you say it? Praise the Lord. And then finally, Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty expanse, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him, oh, if you play the trumpet, you're in. Praise him with harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals, all the drummers said. Amen. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. One more time. Praise the Lord. There's the hallelujah psalms. It may parallel what's going on in Revelation 19. Maybe this is a little bit of insight of some of the detail of the praise. But the praise is going up because God has judged righteously. Turn back to Revelation 19. Psalm 96 says, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. That's Psalm 96, 10 through 13. So God has judged. He has avenged his people. In fact, he has avenged his bride. Babylon has beaten up his bride, persecuted his people, shed the blood of saints and prophets, men and women and children. It's been a terrible thing that Babylon has done. She has ensnared the earth. Anybody who was against her, she got rid of. She would not put up with Christianity. Leon Morris quotes somebody named Torrance, and he says these words about bearing in mind the constant readiness to be corrupted. This is the way he puts it. The world likes a complacent, reasonable religion. And so it, all, it is always ready to revere some pale Galilean image of Jesus, some meager, anemic Messiah, to give him a moderate, rational homage. The truth, the truth is that we, often, we have often committed adultery with alien ideologies, confounded the gospel with religions of nature, imbibed the wine of pagan doctrines and false principles and deceitful practices. We have sought to bend the will of God to serve the ends of man, to alter the gospel and shape the church to conform to the fashions of the times, close quote. This is what it means to be in bed with Babylon. It means to compromise the core values of the church. Who is Jesus? Who is God? And how is one saved? It is to compromise core doctrines of family and government and faith. This is, this is the area where the church has been challenged throughout the millennia. A second time in heaven, they said, Revelation 19, 3, hallelujah. We'll see it four times. And they say then, her smoke rises up. Babylon's smoke rises up for how long? Forever and ever. Now, I've been trying to make the case for a praise song. Her smoke rises up. 
forever and ever. Amen. She's burning. <laughs> Little echo. But, you know, I'm not sure. It's, pro- it's probably not the best praise. Although in heaven, you, you should get used to it because apparently you're going to be asked to join in. All right? She has been dealt the ultimate death blow. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. What does that mean? Write down Revelation 14, 11 in your margin because we see it again there and it's one of the strongest cases for judgment being eternal. There are others who say that you can't necessarily pack that meaning into these verses because it's speaking maybe more of the fire, but it does seem to indicate of her judgment that it is an eternal judgment. It's, it's a hard thing to take, isn't it? The idea of eternal judgment. But judgment precedes renewal. One of the scenes I was thinking of as I studied this is uh, Narnia, when Aslan is on the move and the white witch finally gets tackled by the lion and and you're like, yeah! Because she's made it winter and never Christmas. She's awful. She, She tricks, who's the brother with the Turkish delight? What's his name? Edmund, 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 Edmund. The little Turkish delight. What's your Turkish delight, by the way? Oh, you say, what's Turkish delight? Is that like turkey with some sort of, no, it's, it it looked like some sort of dessert, which is one of my major weaknesses. I don't know if there's anybody else out there, but anything with frosting on it, I'm pretty much like, yeah, yeah. I'll start my diet tomorrow. The 24 elders and the four living creatures, verse 4, fell down. We saw them earlier. You can look at chapters 4 and 5. We believe that the four living creatures are some sort of high angel. We saw that earlier in Revelation 4. The 24 elders is up for debate, but they all who are near the throne of God, they fall down. And they worship God who sits on the throne. And they said, amen, yes, to what was just said in verse 3, Babylon's been judged, amen. And look at the third time, hallelujah. How patient has God been with Babylon? How patient has he been with mockers? How much persecution has God let people get by with? How much blood has been shed of the church? Too much. And when God avenges that blood, it's going to be just and a long time coming. He's been extremely patient. Then will come to pass what the church has prayed for that Jesus taught us. Thy kingdom come. The day of the Lord will come. 2 Peter 3, 9 and 10. But God is patient. He's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. So he's waited, he's waited But now praise is going on in heaven and a voice came from the throne. Whose voice is it? Some people believe it's the voice of Jesus. We don't know for sure. But the voice says, give praise to our God. All you, his bondservants, that's doulos. You who fear him, the small and great. Oh, don't stop now. Praise the Lord. Give him the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving what? Thanks to his name. Don't ever stop. 
praise Him ever. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. It's the fruit of our lips giving what? Thanks to his name. Don't ever stop praising. Ever. Keep the praise going strong because God will bless you. Keep the praise music going in your office. Keep the praise music going in your car. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. There's something beautiful and strengthening about praise. That's why the enemy tries to keep you from it. That's why. There's all these things going on and you can be distracted or you get to church late or you're not sure that you want to raise up your hands. Somebody next to you is raising them up. You're not sure. You're not sure if you can do the whole wax on, wax off thing, right? That's all right. Even if you think your voice could be offensive to those around you, and we've heard some of you and it is... But we believe, it's not in the Bible, but this is from Second Opinions, that God has a filter in heaven, and you sound good to him. (laughs) Give praise to our God, you who fear him. You know the way you keep from from fearing Babylon? Babylon's carrots, Babylon's threats, is fear God and keep his commandments. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes ends this way, when, it, when you come to the conclusion of everything that the writer, the preacher shared in the book of Ecclesiastes, one of those interesting books of the Bible, he said, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the duty of every person. For God will bring every act under judgment, whether good or evil. If you fear God, then you won't fear things that you don't need to fear. If you fear God, you won't have to fear Babylon. Because what's the worst that it can do? God secured your eternal hope, right? But so many people, they walk around in fear of Babylon and its system and what's going to happen to me if I really am strong as a Christian. And they let that fear keep them from walking out God's plan for their life. Is that you tonight? Have you let fear keep you in this this little box? Do you think that that's where God wants you? He doesn't. He wants you to walk in faith. And so, 
Fear him, small and great, whoever you are. Fear the Lord, and you won't fear the wrong things in your life. You won't fear people's opinions. Are you a people pleaser? Do you live and die with what people think of you? I got news for you. The moment you end up pleasing the one group that you think you haven't been pleasing, another group will be unhappy with you. It's just the way life works. And I heard, verse 6, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty peals of thunder. He thought heaven was kind of loud to begin with, but check this out. Now there's a great multitude. It's a lot like verse 1, but now... Their singing and praising is like the sound of Niagara Falls or even more, the sound of mighty peals of thunder. Do you guys remember, it wasn't that long ago that we had kind of a pretty loud thunderstorm? Does thunder freak anybody out? Thunder is a weird thing, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I think when some of us were growing up, our parents used to say that the angels are bowling in heaven. Anybody hear that line? That's, what's, what's the thunder? What's going on? The angels are up there. Bowling in heaven. Well, that's, <laughs> that doesn't even sound good. I was going to say that sounds good, but it doesn't even really sound good. But you know what thunder may be? The angels praising in heaven. Now, I know there's a natural explanation, but you guys all get what I'm saying. They are saying hallelujah, fourth hallelujah in the first six verses. They say, praise Yahweh. For the Lord our God, the Almighty, he's the Pantocrator. This, in Hebrew, this is El Shaddai. In Greek, it's the Pantocrator. He is the creator and controller of the universe. Our God is God Almighty, El Shaddai. He is in control. He is the Almighty. Look at Revelation 1, verse 7. We'll start the book all over again. You guys ready? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Behold, he is coming, 1-7. With the clouds, every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha, 1-8. The Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. What is he called? He is the Almighty. From beginning to end, the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph Tav in Hebrew, the Alpha and Omega in Greek, back to Revelation 19. He's the Lord, the Almighty. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. He is the controller. He is the creator of all life. And so here's what they say. We're only going to go up to verse 10 tonight, but look at verse 7 of Revelation 19. It says, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Now, from the praise, hallelujah, choruses in heaven to a shift in the picture to rejoicing and being glad and giving God glory for a marriage, a marriage and a bride who has made herself ready. I'll talk about Shane and Natalie just for a second since you guys just got married in July. A wedding day is a, is, it's a really fun day. Um, because there's so much excitement and so much buildup. But one of the highlights of the day is the bride getting ready. And it's a, quite a long process, isn't it, Natalie, for the bride? You know, you, you girls, you're just that way. It just, 
It just takes longer. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> Why did I even go there? I don't even know. But anyway, but once the bride is ready, she's, she's done her hair, makeup, dress. It is such a beautiful, exciting thing. I've gotten... I've had the privilege of doing many, many weddings. And when the bride is getting ready to walk down the aisle, I do like to look at the groom. Because the groom, there's a multitude of reactions and bodily things going on. Beads of sweat, tears, jitters, smiles. (laughs) Oh, wow. Woo. It's really an interesting thing. When we did the rehearsal, I was joking because I was, I thought, you know, I got it together. I've done many of these, but now it's, you know, my own boy. So we did the rehearsal and (laughs) dad and Natalie came to the front, Justo, and I said, I called them (laughs) Dadalee as a combination name. That's how frazzled I was. But anyway, Natalie, when you walk down the aisle, you are beautiful. But when you walk down the aisle that day, we're all in awe. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part two of his message in Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, about the marriage supper of the Lamb. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, a thank you for listening to Walk in Truth. Your support is really appreciated, and we're wondering if it would help spread the word about our program. Whether you're listening on the radio or podcast, would you please share today's teaching with a friend on Facebook or Twitter? You can find this teaching on walkintruth.com or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for helping us spread the word about Walk in Truth. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Hey, have you ever heard about a party that other people you know, friends, family were invited to, and then you realize you didn't get an invitation? And you're like, what's up with that? (laughs) Don't they like me? (laughs) Why wasn't I invited? It can bring up all kinds of questions. And you may have a question about how do I know that I'm invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Well, I can't imagine a bigger wedding to be invited to than that one. Talk about the wedding of the century. This is going to be the wedding of all time. And the real question is, how do you know you're invited? Well, the one way you know you're invited is if you accept an invitation from the one who is the bridegroom. His name is Jesus. His invitation is, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Accept my invitation. You know, many times when I'm doing a wedding, I say to the folks that are hearing the ceremony, I say, you know what? Jesus asked the question, Will you marry me? Essentially, that's the gospel. I've paid the price. Here's my offer. And we have to say, I do. I will. We have to make a commitment back. He makes the covenant offer, and we have to accept the offer. We have to say, yes, Lord, I take your life, your sacrifice, your resurrection on my behalf, and I give you back my own. So that's how you can know if you're invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Have you said yes to the invitation? You know, God loves you so much that he wants you to be in a covenant relationship with him compared to marriage which is so deep and incredible and intimate. And that's the way God wants you to know him. And your future is bright if you know him because he will love you forever. Make sure that you know him. 
today. Well, friend, I'd like to invite you to tomorrow night's Wednesday night service here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where we're going through the book of Job. We've entitled the whole teaching, The Problem of Evil and the Power of the Gospel. And we've been exploring how through the problem of evil, Job is mining his way to an advocate, a redeemer, the true hope of all mankind. His name is Jesus, and we even see Jesus in the book of Job. Well, tomorrow night is September 11th, and it's an incredibly important date for the U.S. of A. It's hard to imagine that uh, we are now 18 years removed from the September 11th attacks. I'm sure you probably remember where you were when that went down, and I remember where I was. In fact, I was at a Bible study at a restaurant where there was a television showing what was happening, and we all kind of stopped, and it was a very grievous, sad time for our country. It's something we don't ever want to forget, and we want to make sure that we are always seeking the Lord and praying, and there's a lot going on in our country, a lot that's happened since then, a lot of tragedies and a lot of difficulties, and you know, the book of Job explores those kinds of topics, and we'd love for you to come out, join us in this midweek service. You can check out all the information and directions when you go to walkintruth.com or download the Living Truth app in your app store. You can find out information and directions. And we'll see you here Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Living Truth. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, called The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.